This is the Kingdom at Hand podcast, and I am Pastor Joe Faldet. All of our sermons are archived on our website, www.hosannafreelutheran.com. We also have started a YouTube channel, and that is Hosanna Free Lutheran. And you can check out the videos there. You can also come visit us in person. We have Sunday school at 9 a.m. and worship at 10 a.m. Sunday mornings during the school year. We also have worship at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings during the summertime. May God bless you through this. Our sermon today is going to be from Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 12. If you'd please rise out of honor of God's word. Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 12. That's found on page 1,245 in your Black Pew Bible. And I'll look at Paul's introduction to spiritual warfare. And I read in Jesus' name, Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 12. Finally, Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Let us pray. Father, As we come to study your word, we ask that you would bless this time, Lord, that you'd open our hearts and our minds to see and to know and to understand what you have for us. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So I feel like I'm not the person to be talking about spiritual warfare because usually When the discussions about spiritual warfare happen, they're a very Pentecostal sort of people. And they have this great southern accent. And, you know, I'm from northern Minnesota and I've got a Norwegian brogue. And uh, and when I say Jesus, there's not an ah at the end. Jesus! Um, I could do that, but I would feel like, uh, yeah, like I was mocking someone else. Um, so when we talk about spiritual warfare, even we as Lutherans, <laughs> you know, because usually it's the Pentecostals that talk about spiritual warfare. But Paul talks about spiritual warfare. And so if, if we're going to be biblical, we need to think about spiritual warfare. That there is a spiritual realm, that Satan is at work, that we are in a battle, that this is church militant, this isn't church triumphant. We're not in glory yet, as far as I can tell. You know, this is America, but that's not heaven. Um, yeah, I'm not going to go into that, because that would be a rabbit trail. So we are in battle. How do we deal with that? How do we confront that? Paul tells us here, as he introduces us to spiritual warfare. So as we begin... We're going to talk about where our strength is. Be strong in the Lord. And it's, it's interesting that Paul starts out with this word, be. Because 
What does that talk about? When someone says, be something, what's the focus on? The focus isn't on my actions specifically. The focus is on my personhood. It's on who I am more so than what I do. And so when Paul starts out with, be strong in the Lord, he's not saying, all right, if you're going to do spiritual warfare, say these words. I, Kirsten and I had a friend. Um, yeah, I think he was still around when she came to Bible study, pretty sure. But we had a friend that was really big into spiritual warfare. And uh, his, his focus was all on the words spoken. And it was, it was all about the words. If You have to use the right words. And if you use the right words, then you're going to get Satan. But if you use the wrong words, he's going to somehow slip out of that. And, and it's like, okay. And it was really confusing for me because I don't know if my pastor ever talked about spiritual warfare. And so it was kind of a new thing. And so he was talking about it in that manner. And I, there was, it, it bothered me because it didn't have anything to do with his faith. It had everything to do with the words that he used. And so when Paul says, be, he's telling you, this is about your relationship with God. The foundation of spiritual warfare. How do we, how do we battle Satan? Well, first and foremost, it's in my relationship with God. This is who I am that battles spiritual warfare, not what I speak. What I speak comes out of who I am. You know, Jesus tries to teach us that when he tells us that, um, you know, a tree by its fruit. So how do you know the difference between a honeycrisp apple tree and, we'll say, a Whitney crab? I have both of those in my backyard, so that's why they're easy for me to know. You look at them, and they don't look different. But when they bear fruit, one's got large fruit, one's got small fruit. You know, how do you know the difference? It's in the fruit. You know, a pear tree, well, you know, I'm not going to get into all that. You can tell the difference between an apple and an oak pretty easily. But when it comes to an apple and an apple, how do you know? It has to bear the fruit. And so the fruit comes from the source. It comes from the thing itself. So Paul says, be strong in the Lord. And when it says to be strong in the Lord, that means that, well, the Lord is your focus. The Lord is the source of your strength. And so if I'm going to be, and I really struggled with an illustration of this because we don't use this sort of terminology um, to be strong in something. You know, if I was, if I was strong in martial arts, say, if I was really strong in martial arts, what does that tell you about my reading comprehension? Nothing. Because if I'm really strong in reading, what does that tell you about my math ability? Nothing. And so when Paul says here, be strong in the Lord, what is, what is the proper source of your capability? It's the Lord. What's your field of study? It's to be the Lord. It's not to be angels. It's not to be magical words. The Jews got into this. That stuff was around back in that day and age. If you're going to be doing spiritual warfare, it's not going to be <clears throat> be strong in lifting weights. No. Be strong in physical warfare. No. It's be strong in the Lord. Let the Lord be the thing that you excel at. Know God. 
Walk with God. If you're going to be strong in the Lord, take the truths of God and live them out. Try them. Practice them. Experience them. Experience the grace of God. That's what the psalmist says. I think it's David, but I don't know for sure. And he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. What does that mean? Experience it. Live it out. Take the promises of God and make them your own. Take the promises of God and walk with them. Be strong in the Lord. Let that be your field of study. Let that be the thing that directs your whole life. Let that be your focus. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. As Paul says here, finally, be strong in the Lord, sorry, and in the strength of His might. What do you trust? Because that's the question that Paul's trying to answer here. If we, if, if this is a spiritual world, what's more real? The spiritual or the physical? Now what are we told in 2 Corinthians? Sorry, we're told a lot of things in 2 Corinthians. That's kind of a leading question. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says, the unseen things are eternal. So what's more real? The thing that lasts forever or the thing that changes all the time? Well, they're both real. But the spiritual thing is just as real. It's more consistent than the physical things, than the material things. And so we look at that. The thing that's unchanging is the thing that's more reliable. And so the spiritual world is unchanging. It's more reliable. We know what's going on there. And so how do we battle that? How do we battle that that I can't just punch? You know, if Mark started lipping off and I needed to deal with him, I could deal with him in a physical... Actually, he'd probably beat me up. But uh, I might be able to run faster. <laughs> but nevertheless, we know how to deal with the physical realm. How do we deal with the spiritual realm? Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. In our relationship with God, Paul is calling us to trust that God is more powerful than Satan. God is more powerful than the spirits that be. God is more powerful than angels. God is more powerful than demons. God is more powerful than any of these motivations that exist behind the physical realm that we don't see. God is more powerful than those things. And so when we say, well, pray about it, it's not, you know what, you might as well give up and just ask God to do it and hope that something's going to happen. No. When we're talking about prayer, we're talking about the one that actually has power over the unseen realm. And the unseen realm has power over the physical realm. We've seen that time and time again. You know, I I remember in high school I was reading a, I was talking to a friend and he was reading a book on the occult. Um, he is a Christian, but he was he never read anything about the occult. So he's reading a book about the occult. And these people in the occult, in order to show the power of their demon, would allow someone to shoot at them. Take a pistol and shoot at them. And if they were legit, that bullet would be spinning on the floor. The demons would stop it. Do we live in a realm that's bigger than what we see? 
I know the materialists don't think so. The atheists don't believe that. How else would that bullet be there? We live in a spiritual realm. How do we fight that? What's going on in our politics nowadays? That's a spiritual battle. What's going on in our world? That's a spiritual battle. What's going on in St. James? That's a spiritual battle. There's a spiritual battle going on for the hearts and the souls of everybody in this world. How do we fight that? Is it by having better programs? Is it by having fancier stuff? Is it by having a better looking preacher? Hope not, because then I'm out. No. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Who do you trust? We trust God. We look to God. So, what does that mean? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So first off, Paul says, put on. And so it, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And so that's my internal. My internal needs to be that. Now Paul's saying, put on. So this is speaking about the way that I interact with this world. Because my, my external is the way that I interact with this world. And that's a fruit of the internal. You can know something about a person by looking at the way they dress. You know, it's true. We do that. We judge people by the way they dress all the time. We just don't talk about it because it's not polite. But we do that. And so what I put on in the outside actually teaches about what's going on in inside. And so I'm called on the inside to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. And so be trusting God with all of these things and making God the focus of my study. So without... And, and then it moves. Paul says, now that that's set, how do we apply that? Put on the whole armor of God. And so how do I interact with this world? How do I act? So this is my internal. From the internal, we move to the external. Now it's about how we act. Put on the whole armor of God. And when Paul says the whole armor of God here, it's really interesting. So... If I was going to go and fight a dragon, Anton's big into dragons right now, so we talk about knights and dragons and stuff like that. If I was going to go and fight a dragon, and I had really good helmet and a really awesome belt, would I be equipped to fight that dragon? Nope. Why? No sword, no shield, no breastplate, no shoes. That's all I have. I got a helmet and a belt. Awesome, I'm good. No, you're not. Put on the whole armor. Put on the whole thing. And so when Paul is speaking about this, and we're going to get into this more next week, and I'm actually really excited about that because there's some really fascinating things in the next part, and I'm hoping that I can get it all done in a half an hour. Um, But the whole armor speaks about a balanced Christian life. So what happens to a church that focuses on the breastplate of righteousness, but not the belt of truth. Or not the gospel, or not the feet shod with the gospel of peace. If I focus on righteousness, but not feet shod with the gospel of peace, what do I become? Legalistic? Judgmental? How about that? Have you guys ever met a church or a person that focuses on their righteousness, but not on the gospel? Oh, that's not a balanced Christian. What if 
I knew how to use the word of God really, really well, but I never applied it into my own life. That's sort of the spirit. You know, I am, I am exercised with that. I can quote you chapter and verse, but if you look at my life, I'm not, I don't speak the truth. I don't have the belt on. I'm not living in righteousness. When the battle comes at me and I've only got the sword, but I don't know how to apply these things to my life, what am I? Dead. I've only got the sword. I don't have the shield of faith. What if I only have the shield of faith and I don't have anything else? I'm going to trust in this situation. I become an unbalanced Christian. And so when Paul gives us this whole armor of God, he's really speaking about balancing out the Christian life so that there's no aspect of our Christianity that's lacking. Because where is Satan going to attack? Where we're lacking. And so when we get rid of the word of God, that's where Satan's going to attack. When we get rid of the importance of trusting God, that's where Satan's going to attack. When we get rid of the gospel of peace, you know, that's where Satan's going to attack. He's going to make us judgmental and unright. Or he's going to make us legalistic. And so if we remove any part of this, you remove the belt of truth, the whole thing falls apart. Because once I start lying, you guys stop believing. Right? That's one of the things we learned in our adult Sunday school today. We were listening to a guy who was lying about Scripture. From that point on, it's like, well, I have a hard time trusting anything that you say. So, when I start lying, the whole thing falls apart. You think about that. When Paul says the whole armor, he means the whole armor. Why? Because Satan is scheming against us. And that word scheme, that is a word of wisdom. That is a word of someone that's, that's deep, that thinks. that This isn't just some senseless, mindless power that's coming against us like a hurricane. Satan is not a hurricane. Satan is not a tornado. Satan's not someone that you can just hide from. He is a scheming devil. He is smarter than we are. We don't get to play these games and think, oh, I'll be alright. No. If I lack a piece of armor, that's where he's going to hit. Period. Why? Because that's where I'm weak. What sort of fool attacks someone where they're strong? You don't do that. That's why I made the joke I'd probably run away from Mark. I guess I don't know how fast you are. Pretty fast. Maybe I wouldn't run away. But why do we hit someone where they're weak? Well, there it's easier. Well, shocking. Satan is scheming. So we put on the whole armor of God so that we may be able to stand. An interesting thing about the armor of God, Paul says here, this is how we stand. And so if you don't have the armor of God, you're not even standing. You're moving back. You're losing ground. Period. If you don't have the armor of God, you are in a battle and you are losing. Congratulations. So this is why this is so important. Why is Christianity failing in the West? Because it is, isn't it? You look at any statistic, churches are shrinking. Not only are churches shrinking, but the amount of churches are shrinking. Whole denominations are dying. Why is that? It's because the people in those denominations, those churches and those people in the denominations, haven't been putting on the whole armor of God. They focused on one thing to neglect all the rest. And that's terrifying. 
as I was reading this, it's like, wow, that's what's going on? That's what's going on. So we put on the whole armor of God simply so that we might be able to stand, let alone move forward. So if there's something, you know, if you ask God and say, okay, God, what's lacking in my Christian life? I'm pretty positive that he'll tell you something. There's some lack, some gap. You know, and as I was, well, I'm not going to go, I'll go into that next week and talk about where some of my gaps were. Always fun. Um, So this is the armor. This is the importance of it. This is the place for it. Finally, the battle. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And I think it's interesting that Paul uses the word wrestle here. Because you can't wrestle at a distance. It doesn't work. How do you wrestle at a distance? I can punch someone at a distance. You know, arm's length. I can shoot someone with an arrow at a distance. Paul could have used that terminology. But he didn't. He used the word wrestle. Why? Because this is an intimate battle. I never am able or allowed to get away from my flesh. It's always there. I'm not wrestling someone who's over there. I'm not wrestling the federal government. I'm wrestling my own sinful desires. That's where this battle exists. It starts in me. Right here. And so we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. This is, this is tight. We don't wrestle against people. Because people are the prize. They're not the enemy. Let me say that again. People are the prize. They're not the enemy. They are pawns being used by Satan for his schemes. So we see a sinful person living in a sinful way, attacking the church of God. Do they have volition in that? Absolutely. They're giving their will over to Satan. That's sad. They don't know that's what they're doing, but that's what they're doing. But are they the enemy? No. It's Satan that stands behind him, behind them. He's the one that's guiding them. He's the one that's directing them. And I've quoted this before, and I, I think it's stupendously uh, insightful by, uh, by Dylan, who said, you're going to serve someone, Bob Dylan. Sorry, I suppose I should clarify. There's probably other Dylans in this world. But Bob Dylan said, you're going to serve someone. You're either going to serve the devil or you're going to serve the Lord, but you're going to serve someone. It's like, yeah, that's a reality. And so, is the foot soldier, are they the enemy? No, it's the commander. It's the spiritual battle that's going on. The people are the prize. Because as we fight the spiritual battle, what's the goal? It's to win people. You guys have heard that before, haven't you? A soul winner? You know, that was the old evangelist word. That's a great word because it has, it's a great phrase because it has the proper idea. I'm battling Satan for the sake of this person's soul. I'm talking to this person, but I'm really battling Satan. Satan is the enemy here. And I've got the Holy Spirit on my side. I've got the helper here. It's not me doing that. That's not me empowering this. You know, if the Holy Spirit isn't here, we're just wasting our time. It's God at work through me to win the soul of the person that Satan is working through. Because Satan's trying to do that to me too. He's trying to lead me astray to win my soul. Think about that. The battle's not against flesh and blood. 
We are called to be soul winners. Because those people are being directed by evil. Are they evil? Well, yeah, because they've given themselves over to evil. But what do we do? We don't just amend their ways. We don't just make them better civilians. We make them Christians. And then all of these things then can be truly fixed. Because the enemy, who is the enemy? But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, I don't know, and I'll be very honest, I don't know exactly what all of this means. I don't. I, I don't know why the distinctions here. I've, I've read about that. Maybe some of you will have a better understanding. But I've, I've, I've searched commentaries trying to figure out what this means. And the problem was, as I was searching those commentaries, it really felt like a lot of them were just guessing. And I can't do that in a sermon. <laughs> Because here I'm supposed to be speaking authoritatively, and and there I can't. I don't know what all this means, but I can make some observations about it. First off, we're not fighting against light. We're not fighting against angels. We're fighting against the spiritual forces of evil. So these are spiritual forces of evil. This is their goal. They are not our friends. They are not trying to help us. This is why we take care when we are interacting with non-Christians. Because they, if they're a non-Christian, they might not be a bad person. Are all non-Christians bad people? No. But I know who their Lord is. And their Lord is bad. Spiritual forces of evil. That's their Lord. If they're not bowing the knee to Jesus... They are serving the one who is a spiritual force of evil. So we take care. Second, well, I got those confused. That was the second one. The first one, though, is against the, uh, the cosmic powers over this present darkness. That's such a cool phrase. The cosmic powers over this present darkness. They are bigger than us. They are stronger than us. They are beyond us. And they exist in darkness. They bring darkness with them. And that darkness exists here. This present darkness. And so they are actively at work in the world in which we live right now. Trying to win your soul. For their master which is not God. So this is why we don't mess with sin. This is why we don't play with it. This is why we don't, you know, dabble in it a little bit. No. Never. Not at all. Because we are in a battle. Why would I give up that ground? Why would I give up the breastplate of righteousness? Why would I give that up? That protects me. We don't lie. Ever. Why? Why would I give up the belt of truth? Say, you know, I don't need that. Because 
We exist in this present darkness. But we have the light. And so then we stand and we shine that light into this world for the sake of the people that are around us and for our own sake too. And so how do we do battle? First off, most primary thing, most important thing, it's not what we do, it's who we are. If that isn't there, an empty suit of armor isn't going to do anyone any good. You're going to have all the right things, but if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you've got to get that fixed. Ask Jesus to be your Lord, to guide your life. Submit yourself to him, surrender to him. That's what that means. Ask him into your heart. Make him the center of your being. Seek him. Be strong in the Lord. Get that right. And from there, live out the gospel. Because that's all the armor is. It's the gospel lived out. Apply the truths to your life. Because we are in a battle. Not against people. Against the spiritual forces of darkness that exist behind them. Spiritual forces of evil that exist behind the evil people. And even the good people who refuse to bow to Jesus. Any questions? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for teaching us how to battle evil. Lord, how to even think about it. How to approach this. Bless us guide us, Lord, that we might live these things out, that you might be glorified. Father, in this world, that these souls that don't know you might come to know you. Lord, that we who know you, that we might know your strength and your might all the more. Father, may we walk humbly as this battle rages, humbly before you. Lord, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.